book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Dollar. Good evening, everyone. Being an all-around cowboy and then being an Indian at the same time, you can be a cowboy or an Indian. <laughs> Whichever one is convenient. We all like options. This is Soapy Dollar. We are ready to gather around the scriptures again. Tonight, we're going to be picking up at Jeremiah chapter 51. We have been moving through this great book of Jeremiah, the astounding prophet that he was. And I don't mean prophet in the way of prediction. You know, prophet has two meanings. Our popular meaning today has the idea of prediction, predicting the future. That's really a little bit too bad because really the primary function of a prophet is to tell forth the truths of God, tell forth the word of God, speak God's word to the people. The idea is that he's my preacher. That is Jeremiah. He was a preacher, the weeping preacher, the weeping prophet. Now, there is that second meaning of prediction, and Jeremiah did that amazingly. He predicted the future, some events 10 to 15 to 20 years out, some 70, 80, 90, 100 years out, and in some, of course, having to do even the times that we are living today. He spoke forth the word of God faithfully to the people of Judah for 40 years, all building up to the time of the destruction of the temple which is what we will read about tonight, the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple in 586 B.C. But before we get to that, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. We're in that great longest psalm in the Bible, Psalm 119. Almost every verse has to do with the beauty and the power of the Scriptures on the Bible Life. Psalm 119, 33-48 Teach me, O Lord, to follow every one of your principles. Give me understanding, and I will obey your law. I will put it into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your decrees. Do not inflict me with love for money, 
Turn my eyes from worthless things, and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise, which is for those who honor you. Help me abandon my shameful ways. Your laws are all I want in life. I long to obey your commands. Renew my life with your goodness. Lord, give to me your unfailing love, the salvation that you promised me. Then I will have an answer for those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for my only hope is in your laws. I will keep on obeying your law forever and forever. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will speak to kings about your decrees, and I will not be ashamed. How I delight in your commands! How I love them! I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your principles. End of reading Psalm 119, 33 through 48. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. Thank you, everyone, for joining with us tonight. We'll finish the great book of Jeremiah tonight and go right on into Jeremiah's other book, the book of Lamentations, the book of grief, grieving for. Jerusalem grieving for the temple that was destroyed for God's people that were disciplined and judged by God for their wickedness, for their idolatry, their immorality, their unbelief after God had done so much to reveal himself to them, being so faithful to them as a people through so many years. Just to catch you up now, remember Zedekiah, who was a son of Josiah. Jeremiah began his ministry during the reign of Josiah and Zedekiah was his son and became the last king of Judah. He ruled 11 years from 597 to 586 B.C. His two older brothers, Jehoahaz and Jehoiakim, ending with an M as in Mary, Jehoiakim, they reigned as well during this period of time. They ruled actually before Zedekiah, but just briefly. When Jehoiakim was exiled to Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar made the 21-year-old Mataniah. Now, Mataniah is his Hebrew name. Zedekiah was his Babylonian name, and Zedekiah rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who captured him. He killed his sons right there in front of him and blinded him, poked his eyes out, took him back to Babylon, where he later died. We'll read a little bit about him tonight as well. Nebuchadnezzar favored him in some way. There was obviously some kind of connection, Nebuchadnezzar, with this people of Judah, with Israel, with Jerusalem. I suspect it had to do with Daniel's presence, with the influence of Esther, the people of Israel contributed greatly to the Babylonian, the Medo-Persian empires. Probably they were favorably treated because of that. Well, all of Jeremiah's ministry now comes down to this final event. His entire ministry had been built on the idea that God is going to judge Judah and Jerusalem, judge his people, exiling them for 70 years into Babylon, and then return them. But it all came down to the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem 
the destruction of the city and the terrible, terrible destruction, the great suffering that they endured. That's what we'll read about tonight on The Bible Live. Jeremiah 5145 through 5234 and Lamentations 11 through 210. Jeremiah 51. Listen, my people, flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Run from the Lord's fierce anger. But do not panic when you hear the first rumor of approaching forces. For rumors will keep coming year by year. Then there will be a time of violence as the leaders fight against each other. For the time is surely coming when I will punish this great city and all her idols. Her whole land will be disgraced and her dead will lie in the streets. The heavens and earth will rejoice. For out of the north will come destroying armies against Babylon, says the Lord. Just as Babylon killed the people of Israel and others throughout the world, so must her people be killed. Go, you who escaped the sword. Do not stand and watch. Flee while you can. Remember the Lord, even though you are in a far-off land, and think about your home in Jerusalem. We are ashamed, the people say. We are insulted and disgraced because the Lord's temple has been defiled by foreigners. Yes, says the Lord, but the time is coming when Babylon's idols will be destroyed. The groans of her wounded people will be heard throughout the land. Though Babylon reaches as high as the heavens, and though she increases her strength immeasurably, I will send enemies to plunder her, says the Lord. Listen, hear the cry of Babylon, the sound of great destruction from the land of the Babylonians. For the Lord is destroying Babylon. He will silence her. Waves of enemies pound against her. The noise of battle rings through the city. Destroying armies come against Babylon. Her mighty men are captured, and their weapons break in their hands. For the Lord is a God who gives just punishment, and He is giving Babylon all she deserves. I will make drunk her officials, wise men, rulers, captains, and warriors, says the king, whose name is the Lord Almighty. They will fall asleep and never wake up again. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The wide walls of Babylon will be leveled to the ground, and her high gates will be burned. The builders from many lands have worked in vain, for their work will be destroyed by fire. The prophet Jeremiah gave this message to Zedekiah's staff officers, Seraiah, son of Neriah, and grandson of Mosaiah, when he went to Babylon with King Zedekiah of Judah. This was during the fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. Jeremiah had recorded on a scroll all the terrible disasters that would soon come upon Babylon. He said to Sarahiah, When you get to Babylon, read aloud everything on this scroll. Then say, Lord, you have said that you will destroy Babylon so that neither people nor animals will remain here. She will lie empty and abandoned forever. Then, when you have finished reading the scroll, tie it to a stone and throw it into the Euphrates River. Then say, In this same way Babylon and her people will sink, never again to rise, because of the disasters I will bring upon her. This is the end of Jeremiah's messages. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 52. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. His mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. But Zedekiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Jehoiakim had done. So the Lord in his anger finally banished the people of Jerusalem and Judah from his presence and sent them into exile. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So on January 15, during the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon led his entire army against Jerusalem. 
they surrounded the city and built siege ramps against its walls. Jerusalem was kept under siege until the 11th year of King Zedekiah's reign. By July 18 of Zedekiah's 11th year, the famine in the city had become very severe, with the last of the food entirely gone. Then a section of the city wall was broken down, and all the soldiers made plans to escape from the city. But since the city was surrounded by the Babylonians, they waited for nightfall and fled through the gate between the two walls behind the king's gardens. They made a dash across the fields in the direction of the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonians chased after them and caught King Zedekiah on the plains of Jericho, for by then his men had all abandoned him. They brought him to the king of Babylon at Ribla in the land of Hamath, where sentence was passed against him. There at Ribla, the king of Babylon made Zedekiah watch as all his sons were killed. They also killed all the other leaders of Judah. Then they gouged out Zedekiah's eyes, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. Zedekiah remained there in prison for the rest of his life. On August 17 of that year, which was the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard and official of the Babylonian king, arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. He destroyed all the important buildings in the city. Then the captain of the guard supervised the entire Babylonian army as they tore down the walls of Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, then took as exiles some of the poorest of the people and those who remained in the city, along with the rest of the craftsmen and the troops who had declared their allegiance to the king of Babylon. But Nebuzaradan allowed some of the poorest people to stay behind in Judah to care for the vineyards and fields. The Babylonians broke up the bronze pillars, the bronze water carts, and the bronze sea that were at the Lord's temple, and they carried all the bronze away to Babylon. They also took all the pots, shovels, lamp snuffers, basins, dishes, and all the other bronze utensils used for making sacrifices at the temple. Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, also took the small bowls, firepans, basins, pots, lampstands, dishes, bowls used for drink offerings, and all the other utensils made of pure gold or silver. The bronze from the two pillars, the water carts, and the sea with the twelve bulls beneath it was too great to be measured. These things had been made for the Lord's temple in the days of King Solomon. Each of the pillars was twenty-seven feet tall and eighteen feet in circumference. They were hollow with walls three inches thick. The bronze capital on top of each pillar was seven and a half feet high and was decorated with a network of bronze pomegranates all the way around. There were 96 pomegranates on the sides and a total of 100 on the network around the top. The captain of the guard took with him as prisoners Seraiah the chief priest, his assistant Zephaniah, and the three chief gatekeepers. And of the people still hiding in the city, he took an officer of the Judean army, seven of the king's personal advisers, the army commander's chief secretary who was in charge of recruitment, and sixty other citizens. Nebuzaradan the commander took them all to the king of Babylon at Ribla. And there at Ribla in the land of Hamath, the king of Babylon had them all put to death. So the people of Judah were sent into exile from their land. The number of captives taken to Babylon in the seventh year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign was 3,023. Then in Nebuchadnezzar's eighteenth year he took 832 more. In his twenty-third year he sent Nebuzaradan, his captain of the guard, who took 745 more, a total of 4,600 captives in all. In the thirty-seventh year of King Jehoiakim's exile in Babylon, Avil Merodach ascended to the Babylonian throne. He was kind to Jehoiakim and released him from prison on March 31 of that year. 
He spoke pleasantly to Jehoiakim and gave him preferential treatment over all the other exiled kings in Babylon. He supplied Jehoiakim with new clothes to replace his prison garb and allowed him to dine at the king's table for the rest of his life. The Babylonian king also gave him a regular allowance to cover his living expenses until the day of his death. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Book of Lamentations Lamentations 1 Jerusalem's streets, once bustling with people, are now silent. Like a widow broken with grief, she sits alone in her mourning. Once the queen of nations, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night, tears stream down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one left to help her. All her friends have betrayed her. They are now her enemies. Judah has been led away into captivity, afflicted and enslaved. She lives among foreign nations and has no place of rest. Her enemies have chased her down, and she has nowhere to turn. The roads to Jerusalem are in mourning, no longer filled with crowds on their way to celebrate the temple festivals. The city gates are silent, her priests groan, her young women are crying. How bitterly Jerusalem weeps! Her oppressors have become her masters, and her enemies prosper, for the Lord has punished Jerusalem for her many sins. Her children have been captured and taken away to distant lands. All the beauty and majesty of Jerusalem are gone. Her princes are like starving deer searching for pasture, too weak to run from the pursuing enemy. And now, in the midst of her sadness and wandering, Jerusalem remembers her ancient splendor. But then she fell to her enemy, and there was no one to help her. Her enemy struck her down and laughed as she fell. Jerusalem has sinned greatly, so she has been tossed away like a filthy rag. All who once honored her now despise her, for they have seen her stripped naked and humiliated. All she can do is groan and hide her face. She defiled herself with immorality with no thought of the punishment that would follow. Now she lies in the gutter with no one to lift her out. Lord, see my deep misery, she cries. The enemy has triumphed. The enemy has plundered her completely, taking everything precious that she owns. She has seen foreigners violate her sacred temple, the place the Lord had forbidden them to enter. Her people groan as they search for bread. They have sold their treasures for food to stay alive. O oh Lord, look, she mourns, and see how I am despised. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look around and see if there is any suffering like mine, which the Lord brought on me in the day of his fierce anger. He has sent fire from heaven that burns in my bones. He has placed a trap in my path and turned me back. He has made me desolate, racked with sickness all day long. He wove my sins into ropes to hitch me to a yoke of captivity. The Lord sapped my strength and gave me to my enemies. I am helpless in their hands. The Lord has treated my mighty men with contempt. At his command, a great army has come to crush my young warriors. The Lord has trampled his beloved city as grapes are trampled in a winepress. For all these things I weep. Tears flow down my cheeks. No one is here to comfort me. Any who might encourage me are far away. My children have no future, for the enemy has conquered us. Jerusalem pleads for help. But no one comforts her. Regarding his people, the Lord has said, Let their neighbors be their enemies. Let them be thrown away like a filthy rag. And the Lord is right, she groans, for I rebelled against him. Listen, people everywhere, 
Look upon my anguish and despair, for my sons and daughters have been taken captive to distant lands. I begged my allies for help, but they betrayed me. My priests and leaders starved to death in the city, even as they searched for food to save their lives. Lord, see my anguish. My heart is broken and my soul despairs, for I have rebelled against you. In the streets the sword kills, and at home there is only death. Others heard my groans, but no one turned to comfort me. When my enemies heard of my troubles, they were happy to see what you had done. Oh, bring the day you promised, when you will destroy them as you have destroyed me. Look at all their evil deeds, Lord. Punish them as you have punished me for all my sins. My groans are many, and my heart is faint. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Lamentations 2 The Lord in His anger has cast a dark shadow over Jerusalem. The fairest of Israel's cities lies in the dust, thrown down from the heights of heaven. In His day of awesome fury, the Lord has shown no mercy even to His temple. Without mercy, the Lord has destroyed every home in Israel. In His anger, He has broken down the fortress walls of Jerusalem. He has brought to dust the kingdom and all its rulers. All the strength of Israel vanishes beneath His fury. The Lord has withdrawn His protection as the enemy attacks. He consumes the whole land of Israel like a raging fire. He bends His bow against His people as though He were their enemy. His strength is used against them to kill their finest youth. His fury is poured out like fire on beautiful Jerusalem. Yes, the Lord has vanquished Israel like an enemy. He has destroyed her forts and palaces. He has brought unending sorrow and tears to Jerusalem. He has broken down his temple as though it were merely a garden shelter. The Lord has blotted out all memory of the holy festivals and Sabbath days. Kings and priests fall together before his anger. The Lord has rejected his own altar. He despises his own sanctuary. He has given Jerusalem's palaces to her enemies. They shout in the Lord's temple as though it were a day of celebration. The Lord was determined to destroy the walls of Jerusalem. He made careful plans for their destruction. Then he went ahead and did it. Therefore, the ramparts and walls have fallen down before him. Jerusalem's gates have sunk into the ground. All their locks and bars are destroyed, for he has smashed them. Her kings and princes have been exiled to distant lands. The law is no more. Her prophets receive no more visions from the Lord. The leaders of Jerusalem sit on the ground in silence, clothed in sackcloth. They throw dust on their heads in sorrow and despair. The young women of Jerusalem hang their heads in shame. End of reading Jeremiah 51:45 through 52:34 and Lamentations 1:1 through 2:10. This is my This is the Bible live. Thou shalt not go away. Lamentations. The prophet is expressing his response to what God has done. His tears flow from a broken heart as a prophet, as a preacher, as God's spokesman. He knew what lay ahead for Judah, his country, and for Jerusalem, the capital of the nation, and the city of God. And God's judgment would fall. He'd been telling them for years, decades. God's judgment would fall upon them. Destruction would come. So Jeremiah wept. 
His tears were not self-centered tears, mourning over personal suffering or loss. It goes even beyond being patriotic. The people had rejected their God, the God who had made them, who had loved them, who had faithfully sought repeatedly to bless them. Jeremiah's heart was broken because he knew that the selfishness and the sinfulness of the people would bring so much suffering. God's judgment and extended exile, 70 years taken out of their nation. There were three successive exiles, one in 597, one in 586, and later one in 581. Three different groups that were taken. Now, there were three military invasions in 605, 597, and 586. We saw tonight a total of 4,600 captives were taken out. And you remember some of them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, were taken in the early times, Esther and her family, her uncle. We read about some of their stories over in Babylon. Uh, Ezekiel, the young priest uh, Ezekiel, is taken to Babylon, and he carries out his prophetic ministry there on the streets of Babylon. Tonight in chapter 52, the last chapter of Jeremiah, we heard the details of that climactic destruction under siege. 13 or 14 months without food, starvation, the cannibalism. Then as Nebuchadnezzar's troops broke in, the wall came down, the troops tried to flee, they were slaughtered. King Zedekiah was caught, his children killed before his eyes, and his eyes poked out and then taken in chains to Babylon as well. They were warned long ago that Babylon was going to be the nation. This was even before Babylon's rise to great power. The prophets were right on. They hit it bullseye. There was no error whatsoever. This last chapter in particular that is told in the book of Jeremiah carries out every detail of Jeremiah's prophecy, every detail of his predictions. Now, let's go to Jeremiah's weeping. What makes a person cry says a lot about that person, what the person cares about. The book of Lamentations that we began tonight allows us to take a look into Jeremiah's heart. As one of God's choice servants, Jeremiah stands alone in the depth of his emotions, broken by his care for the people, his love for the nation, and his devotion to God. And the question comes to me, what causes you to cry? Do we weep because our selfish pride has been wounded or because the people around us lead sinful lives and reject God and lose the experience of God? What makes us cry? Have we ever cried for the sake of God and His kingdom? Well, it finally really happened. In time and space, in history, Jerusalem, Judah was indeed judged and punished by God for their sin. They lost the protection of their gates. They lost the leadership of their kings and princes. They lost the guidance of the law and the vision of the prophets. And Jeremiah's tears were sincere and full of compassion. Of course, Sorrow doesn't mean that we lose faith or that we don't have any strength. There's nothing wrong with crying. Jesus himself felt sorrow and wept. In fact, how do we react to the tearing down of our society, the moral degradation all around us, the shame of abortion and pornography and broken homes and families? These may not be as obvious as an invading enemy army, but the destruction is just as certain, and we too should be deeply moved when we see the moral decay that surrounds us. See you next time, folks, on The Bible Live. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 
18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.